0: Podcast and everything fantastic, strange, and science fictional. I'm your host Matt with my friends.
1: I'm Bert.
2: I'm Katie.
0: As you might tell from our spooky music, this month we're doing Better Dead Fest, wherein we watch speculative fiction along the horror genre axis. And especially today, Matt feels very uncomfortable about all the sounds and foley work in them.
1: We watch scary movies. That's we. It's October, so we watch spookies. That's it.
0: Before we get into our selection this week, we have a reader question from Charles. He's asking the cast, which is spookier, ghosts or aliens? And please explain why. Hmm.
2: In this thesis, I will. No.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't believe in ghosts, but I mean, aliens could exist. But I always have the concept that aliens are probably pretty boring. Or, I mean, not boring in the, like... The concept of there being other life is boring because that's pretty interesting. (coughs) But like, I bet like if we found other life, it'd be really, it'd be really, whatever. It'd probably be like cellular life on some level. It's like, oh wow, like when they found that worm on the moon or whatever. It's like, oh worm, it's just a worm. Who cares? Uh, But I mean, it was really fascinating. The worm
0: on the moon,
1: something like that. Was it on the moon or Mars? I don't remember. Uh, Where it was like some kind of cellular ass life that. Everybody's like, they're like, oh, I found life on another planet. And everybody's like, yeah, nobody gives a shit because.
0: I think it was Mars.
1: Okay, that's fine. But like Ghosts of Mars is scarier than no. I haven't watched that. But I'm just saying ghosts, like because I don't believe they exist, it's actually scarier. Because like if I, I feel like if I saw an alien, I'd be like, oh, it's an alien. I mean, it'd be scary. But it'd be like, yeah, I have a concept of that. If I saw a ghost, I'd be like, Jesus Christ, I'm not even prepared for this, you know. So it'd be way scarier. But it wouldn't happen because they're not real.
2: I would say aliens because, at least with ghosts, like, the premise is that they are formally like, human. So, like, there's ways that you can interact because of, like, so sociocultural things, right? You technically communicate. Like, sure, they're spooky, but, like, aliens, like, you. what if it's, like, the aliens from, you know, uh, a Arrival? Like, how are you going to interact with that? There's, like, no... no method of communication there there's like so much misunderstanding and so much like incomprehensibility that it would just sort of like probably freak me out in the sense of like i cannot literally comprehend like what the fuck i'm doing here and like how to communicate or you know bridge that gap with at least like ghosts it's like spooky
1: they don't have to be humans it could be a ghost dog or a ghost (laughs) okay a ghost whale i don't know what the fuck you do ghost ghost are pretty
0: new that's that feels like a very derivative stephen king knockoff
2: ghost Ghost whale?
1: whale Yeah, Ghost Whale. It's like Jaws, but it's a Ghost Whale. It's a movie where a a whale dad goes to heaven and has to. It's the sequel
2: to Moby Dick.
0: Yeah, Moby Dick 2, Ghost Whale. (laughs) Copyright, second star cast.
1: (laughs) This time it's personal.
0: That'll be $50,000. For me, I would say aliens, but it's kind of the inverse of Bert's answer. For me, aliens are scarier than ghosts because aliens could be real whereas like ghosts i sort of dismiss out of hand as not real but like alien abductions like that's the creepy shit where, like yeah that's hypothetically possible that that could happen to me in theory
1: i mean but that's what makes ghosts scarier because because if it did happen i would be totally fucking scared because i'd be like what the fuck this isn't supposed to happen you know what i mean
0: yeah. i mean <laughs> granted
1: and, and and whereas you know if an alien abduction happened I'd be like oh this is normal <laughs> this is fine this is fine. I, I'm used to this.
0: And with that, this week we're talking the 2000 Junshi Ito film Uzumaki.
1: He's not the director, but it's actually going to be kind of a sticking point for me. Because, I mean, it... Okay. <laughs> おばさん先生。Uzumaki. It's Junji Ito's Uzumaki and he wrote it and he's fucking responsible for it and everybody loves Junji Ito, so it's kinda like uh, Carrie and you called it Stephen King's Carrie, it'd be like, yeah, I mean Higuchinski. Higuchinski. There
0: so, yeah. we go. So Higuchinski actually directed the film, but uh how what brought you all to selecting this one for uh one of our Better Dead selections?
2: So I had never seen it, but I knew a lot about it. Um, and I sort of, like, knew about, like, its importance, like, stylistically. So I figured it was a good excuse to watch it.
1: Do you mean, like, the movies or the books?
2: The movie.
1: Oh, cool. So this is interesting because I think we're all going to have completely different, um, experiences with it. Uh, I saw this on IFC back in, like... 2003, 2004, out of nowhere. Like, it was just on. And I didn't know anything about Genji Ito at the time. Um, So it was just like, oh, a horror movie. And it was just totally like, what the fuck is this? I'd never seen anything like it. And I just remembered being really impressed by it. I found out years later, it's based on a comic. I'm like, oh, wow. And then, you know, it kind of came around where everybody's like, you need to check Junji Ito out. This guy's amazing. And I was like, oh, I know this guy. I saw that movie.
0: So, Katie, to make sure I understand this, have you read the manga then? I have. Okay, so you saw the manga, then saw the movie. Yes. Bert, you saw the movie, then read the manga, I'm assuming?
1: Yeah, I've read pretty much everything by Junji Ito.
0: And i never seen the movie or read the manga. Still haven't read the manga. Saw the movie. To preface this, <laughs> it is a profoundly unpleasant experience as someone... That is skeeved out by skin things. Ah. And I don't think I have misophonia, but I think I have like a mild version of it maybe. Where like the gulping foley work and the sticky foley work <laughs> is particularly uncomfortable to sit through. So I would say that this film was interesting. I don't like watching it, but that doesn't mean it's a bad movie and... It's just a very odd place to be as a film critic. Who just it, it, it grossed me out. It is It, it was bad for me to watch. Ugh. Anyway. So that's
1: interesting, because I think the most unpleasant scene in this movie is where the dad's, like, eating soup. <laughs> and they get a close-up on his face, and it's just... You just get to hear somebody eating soup.
0: We, we should probably run down a synopsis of this one.
1: High school girl, Kiri... Um, She
0: starts to watch her entire town go crazy over spirals and spiral patterns and spiral things and become spirals.
1: That's pretty much it. Yep.
0: That's
1: the movie. And I feel like one thing I really appreciate about this film is, like, it's very um, respectful of the source material and true to it in certain ways while still trying to, like, convert That information over to a different medium, like... Like, I think it really nails the spirit of the comics without, like, being just the comics. I feel like usually when I read Junji Ito things, it's not like there's a crazy, involved, elaborate plot or, you know, we're barreling towards some resolution. It's more like, what if this shit happened holy crap, it'd be horrifying, and then it just runs with that, you know what I mean? It gets, it gets crazier and crazier. It kind of reminds me of The X-Files. I feel like, I feel like a lot of X-Files episodes by like, I think it's like Morgan and Wong, they were mostly written like, we have this crazy fucking idea for a scene that's just like, what if this shit happened? And then we'll, we'll write an entire plot circulated around that idea. So I feel like that's, that's accurately represented in this movie there's a lot of just scenes that make you go what the fuck is happening like you turn the page you got a splash page of craziness and that's what you get
0: the thing that was scariest about this film or maybe perhaps most unsettling that i really appreciated was how the the spiral shape becomes an object of fear and the spiral shape is like everywhere you know it's it's all over you know nature it's all over you know human design and so to think about something that is so integral or
1: omnipresent, yeah.
0: Yeah, omnipresent is an interesting way to think about horror. You know, this was kind of like the opposite of jump scares. Like every single moment I'm I'm I mostly again like I'm very ignorant of Japanese cinema and how Japanese films are shot in relation to like western styles of film and you know what sort of dialogue there's between those. But I just love that like from a horror perspective this was about imbuing the everyday things with their own horror Mm -hmm. and leaning into that experience. Like that to me is really interesting.
2: So I remember hearing about this movie, I would like, it's so weird that I'm usually kind of averse to horror considering that I am a goff. But a lot of horror movies just really don't do it for me. Like I I don't like body horror, usually Um, torture porn things like that. But I don't know if this movie was actually really horror. Like it, it is in that genre, but I don't know if it was ever actually scary. And I think that's why I liked it is like, if it was so over the top and like stylized more than like grotesque, um, that to me, it had that appeal and like why I wanted to watch it. So I was like, I'm going to give this a shot. And that's also like shot in like very specific colors and, Uh, again like the the style was so bold um and definitely not subtle so
1: that's interesting to me because that's what scared i mean this is one of the few movies that like legit unsettles me like i actually feel like i might have nightmares about it like usually yeah like a lot of horror movies i watch because i like really unsettling but like like hereditary for example i'm not gonna have nightmares about hereditary it's scary like i'll watch it and be like on the edge of my seat and like thrilled by it but like once it's over, I'm like, yeah, that was a movie. I enjoyed it, but I don't... It doesn't, like, sit with me and, like, creep me out for all day. And this movie does that. And I feel like it's because, like... It's because of how bold and stylish... Like, it, it really... I, I love horror movies that just, like... They just eschew all, like, standard ideas of filmmaking sometimes. They, they just go out there and they're like, we're just gonna go fucking wild with it and, like, do things that... And we were kind of talking about like the ghosted and aliens thing. Like, like if I really see something that I'm just not expecting, that's just totally out of left field. I couldn't have even planned for that's also scary. Like it really does me in. Um, I remember watching this and just like the scene where um, the mother sees the sky turn into spirals and they edit her eyes to be bigger. Like for five seconds, which I think uh, it reminded me of inland empire. David Lynch does that. This is fucking stuck with me for years. I'm like, it's so fucking creepy. Why would anyone do that when they're making a movie? <laughs> like, make somebody's eyes bigger for, like, a flat, like, second and a half. Yeah. It's, like, the <laughs> creepiest thing. It kind of reminds me of Hausu. Like, Hausu has this... I think we kind of talked about that off the show. Um, you know, it was written by a... Ch- it was essentially written by the director's child. And all the effects are so, like, flimsy and insane that it's actually even creepier because it's like has this fundamental understanding of like the surreal and weird and that's more creepy to me than like just jump scares and i don't know or even just normal effects like believable effects you know matt were you actually scared by it or was it more just like this is gross um
0: <clears throat> i don't think scared i don't think i was ever in the film where i was uncomfortable to the point of like not being unable to watch it which is for me where i kind of judge scares like i think i mentioned this in the cast before but my introduction to scary things was like jaws or indiana jones the last crusade where donovan turns into a skeleton in like 30 seconds becomes the crypt keeper it's fine uh those things were tremendously terrifying to me as a child now i still carry those fears i, I don't know if like maybe this prompts the question of how and what are you afraid of Hmm. like Mm. those are the things that scare me i don't usually go to horror because i don't find myself seeking that as a place to spark like an emotional reaction or or physical reaction i tend to stay in places where like i can get an emotional payoff so like horror doesn't usually do it for me but there are certain like horror films that i have enjoyed for one reason or another
1: Do you think you're scared of those things because of how you were exposed to them as a child? Like, like, do you think, or do you think you're like naturally scared of those things specifically?
0: Oh, I think it's definitely because of how I was exposed to them as a child. Like the watching Jaws and then my aunt telling me there's a shark in the pool that uh, she had in her backyard, (laughs) you know? Like the the McElroy brothers have a segment where they talk about glass shark, and there's a glass shark behind you in the pool. It's gonna get you, and like that is totally. I can still like feel that very visceral fear of like, oh, I can't see the shark. It's gonna get me though. Yeah. Yeah. So like like I said, this one, you know, apart from the like for me, like this movie was a physically uncomfortable thing to watch. Like the foley work for this one is just like such an integral part of the film the you know you talk about the miso soup like every it's like someone put a microphone like right underneath the dad's chin as he's like chewing yeah. on this like fish bake and this or like the the slimy kid gulping down water it is profoundly unpleasant <laughs> 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 but like again like to me the interesting part is just like how would someone handle terror like uh Shiuchi, the boyfriend of Kiri that mother's like terrifying fear of everything apart from the fact that a fucking millipede tried to climb into her ear like yeah i'd kill myself too (laughs) if that happened (laughs) like i totally understand every where that is coming from um but like the to me she's the most in a way like weirdly relatable character in the cast how else do you handle when everything around you you see the signs of terror
1: yeah i think it's interesting that that Scene specifically is interesting for a lot of reasons like like they they covered the ear thing before it actually happens. They kind of foreshadow it by having like the ear diagram and then her son's like, "Ah, what if she finds out there's a spiral in her ear and then she'll just chop her ear off or whatever, you know, like." And then like it ends up happening anyway. Weirdly. It's like the universe is conspiring against them specifically. Yeah. Um and then that scene is so incredible because all the ah! No, not that, dude. This is funny because I didn't even focus on. Maybe he had headphones on. I did not even focus on the Foley, really, aside from the miso scene. Um, oh my god! What? No, what really struck me was all the editing because the editing is so insane and 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 I feel like it's riding the line. It's it's like it's so bold and stylish and like there's a few points where it's like this could really get almost cartoonish and it never really does. Uh, and and that scene in particular, like she, the the millipede thing happens. She falls off the bed, and there's like, there's a spiral under the bed in the dark, and it ends up being like her dead husband talking to her. It's very David Lynch, the fucking woman that gets stuck in the the doorknob for the uh for the cabinet or whatever. It's like it's like what is happening? Like why is any of this? It's like I said, it's so out of left field. That's just actively terrifying to me. Like these kind of weird abstract ideas of horror that you just uh actually portray in a movie that's that's crazy to me if i see that it's it's like oh this this is why david lynch really does it for me too like he he will take an abstract idea like that that you would think is just not communicable and just be like fuck it i'll film it yeah and that happens a bunch in the movie like the guy's eyes circling around which is in the original comic Mm -hmm. um i've seen that panel before yeah it's very iconic Surprisingly, uh, there's no, there's no, there's not the actual eyeball spiral thing from the book that everybody knows about. That's not actually in the
2: movie. Yeah, surprisingly.
1: But maybe I, I from what I understand, the the comic was being finished at the time that this was filmed. Like it wasn't even finished. So I mean, by that point, that that image probably wasn't. I mean, it, it wasn't as iconic as it is now. Like that's what gets associated with this, with this work. So.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of surprised, like, what they decided to keep in and what they... I mean, like, it makes sense, though, right? With, like, whatever their budget was and, like, what they were trying to do. I think they portrayed, like, a lot of it, you know, as definitely as well as they could without going into all these, like, other side chapters, which kind of definitely devolve into more, like, totally bonkers stuff, so.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like is is very... He gets little ideas that are creepy, and then he's like, I'm gonna write a comic about that, about the little idea I had, and that's, like... Cool. Like, I mean, it, it works because he's, it's one of those things, like, if you explain that, you'd think, eh, that probably would be a little directionless or, like, kind of, like, what's the point, really? But he's so good at his craft that it kind of just, you know, he's, he's obviously a great artist and a great, like, he, he, he has a very fundamental understanding of the medium. <coughs> like, when you're going to turn a page, how to build suspense using sequential art. And surprisingly, this movie, like, it has that feel, but in a film aspect, um, like, there's just so many little interesting edit things. There's a lot of POV shots where people look directly into the camera in a really leery way. Um, There's a lot of... um... I I love this scene where uh, Kiri goes back to deliver the package, and she goes, like, around the house and disappears off camera, and there's just this dissolve of her face in the middle of the shot for like a minute while she's supposedly rooting around trying to find this dude. It's just so creepy. Like it's, like it's it's very like fundamental horror for me that I don't see in a lot of horror movies these days. Like, um,
0: see for me, the most horror horrifying aspect of the film is the last uh, mini montage almost yeah. of all the different people in the town and what happened to them. Yeah. That to me was really terrifying, and then to hear her voiceover kind of bring us back to the start of the film with a close up on her eyes, I liked that. That was really cool. There's also no gross sounds in that, film, <laughs> so that was nice. <laughs> uh, I'll also speak positively. The end credits of this film have a kick-ass song, so liked that too.
1: Oh yeah, they have the. Uh, we made the joke uh, with the group watch I did that it's it's the No Scrubs remix. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it sounds like it's yeah it's really killer the ending for me was especially interesting because i mean from a storytelling aspect it's kind of just a random ending it's not really like a um it, it kind of remind you ever seen cape fear the fucking I don't so, remake no. with robert de niro it sucks but like the ending is just like this weird fuck juliet lewis does this weird fucking voiceover while it zooms in on our eyes and it's just like and then all this happened and it was the worst night of our lives Da-da-da-da-da. then like there's a musical sting and that's just the end of the movie it's like what a fucking weird ending to a movie like it's not even like a real ending and this was kind of like that but it felt like uh it actually reminded me a lot of like visual novels or, or horror comics where it's just like let's just take these fucking crazy ass images that are not even moving and then just move the camera around on them so you get, like, you take in, like, individual parts, parts of the image at time. It's Like, that's really inventive, you know.
0: See, I almost, as I reflect on it now, like, there are elements to me that strike me as parallel to, like, a zombie horror film. Yeah. Like, because me, like, Shuichi and Kiri, at the end of the film, like, it's that last two people left alive thing. Right. And then the last person, the next last person, is turned by the evil itself. And then that's the terror, I think, that we as an audience are supposed to embody or, or feel is the terror of being alone. Yeah. And no one's... I, I'm completely overpowered by my circumstances. There's nothing left to for me to do. And, like, particularly also the way, like, Shuichi um, in the hospital, like, it feels like he's, like, trying to prevent contamination. Oh, yeah. Like, of his mom. Like, I don't know, there's, like, elements of that just really ring to me of, like, that sort of zombie movie... Where we're trying to avoid contamination by this, you know, infesting, mutating, um, perverting agent, you know, disease of some kind.
1: Yeah, I feel like with a lot of visual novels I've read, like I, I mostly dabble in in horror visual. And I mean, that's what I'm writing, but a lot of horror J novels, and like this, like Higurashi, the um, and, oh. and, uh, yeah, Umaneko. when they cry. yeah. Yeah, really the whole When They Cry series a lot of times centers around the kind of idea that
2: about mass people, hysteria. Right? Not
1: even just mass hysteria, but people can just fucking turn on you like out of nowhere and be completely different people. Like terrifying people. People that you trusted. And just like that. And that's like a really fucking terrifying concept. Um, it's probably something like, I identify with a lot from those novels that, that I probably will use in my work. But like you know this has that like like, because the end of the movie like he dies, the spiral kills him, and that alone is is pretty pretty fucking scary about the movies. Like it's it's sad and tragic and horrible, but mm-hmm. like then it's like ah eh, well each... we'll just twist the knife further and make him fucking evil now. <laughs> like now he's like a fucking spiral infested dude who's gonna kill you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. Well he's
0: like the one that calls for him and Kiri to leave the town. Like yeah. he knows what's up. He's like, It's time to get the fuck out of here. And that to me is like almost a classic horror trope of like someone who knows what's up yeah. and is like, It's time to go. Yeah. And no one listens mm-hmm. and everyone all
1: perishes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
2: As a boyfriend though, he fucking sucked though. He seemed shitty as a boyfriend. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean all the uh, yeah. all the male figures in the city okay. kinda of fucking yeah. suck. That's true. I kind of liked your
0: dad. He seemed like a nice he, guy. He Those seemed okay
1: until yeah, but he also like
0: I don't know. The dude loves melon. He's just there. He's like Mom, I love melon. This is fucking see, awesome. see that melon. is pretty
1: gross too. I don't need to see the dude bury his face in a melon. So you probably got some gross Foley in there. Sorry. Go ahead.
2: Um, I I watched this movie with someone who apparently like told me that um, I was like why why is this such a big deal like this melon. And they're like, oh, well, and, like, some people, like, really value perfectly symmetrical melons. Like, in Japan, like, it is, like, it'll cost you an arm and a leg that they're just, like, perfectly I don't know why, but I was like, oh, okay, so that makes me, like, it makes a little bit more sense if you start to think about, like, the roundness and, like, the spiral and things like that. So
1: Mm. I can
2: see how that that fits in. But, again, like, that wasn't my knowledge, so if I'm wrong, don't get mad at me, Internet.
1: (laughs) Are you talking about, like, why the melons in the movie? yeah. (laughs) See, funnily enough, the group watch I did, somebody was. The, the scene right before, that fucking creepy. What's that creepy kid's name? That's like followed. Yamaguchi. Yamaguchi. Yamaguchi, Yamaguchi yeah, shows I hate that up. Fucker. Yeah, well, I mean, you're supposed to hate him, obviously. He's not a good person. But he shows up and he's like, oh, Kiri, elope with me. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, no. I know that. Then. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Then she gets given a melon. Somebody's like, ah, she can't elope with him. It's oh, cantaloupe. Oh, I was God. like, I really hope the movie wasn't going for that.
2: I, <laughs> I don't think so, I, but maybe who knows?
1: It's hard to know. tell because the 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 Junji Ito cameo is in that spot too.
2: Yeah, yeah. The
1: funniest fucking cameo. It's like a fucking joke, jump scare. Yeah, yeah. Jump they scare. go by a police station. Wanted and poster. Then, it's Junji Ito. <laughs> yeah, it just the camera just zooms in on a wanted poster for no reason. It's like Junji Ito. <laughs> he made this, and then it's like, okay, never mind. It's- <laughs>
0: that's actually really tasteful if you think about it from like a cameo perspective it's fun instead of like um you know like a stan lee or i'm not Shyamalan thing because uh, junji ito is a visual artist to have his cameo be a visual thing yeah they even
1: have a drawing of him on the wanted poster i think like like a self-portrait or some shit like yeah yeah that's cool yeah it's very in in style for him like i and also, he doesn't have to fucking self-insert himself into the movie.
0: I will say, I, even though, the, Katie, this may not have tripped your body horror senses, my body horror senses, particularly around, like, transformations and skin things, oh. was fucking off the goddamn fucking You're charts. Even the snail
2: people.
1: Yeah, just, like, the pulsing yeah. shell on the back. Like, ah. so this is interesting, because, like, yeah, with the group watch, I, there was somebody who was... Very specifically put off by the snail stuff from from the comic, and that's the stuff like I remember the least from like like it it did the least for me because it's just like ah eh, people turning into things whatever the stuff that scares me is like people's heads turning into spirals and like fucking pe- like their ghosts screaming in the sky at you and shit like that like the snail stuff I was like eh it's kind of normal that's like normal. for me but yeah that's that's it's fine but like but it's just interesting what sets certain people off and others yeah. like. Yeah.
2: This has been like a an interesting cross section of seeing like what scares us in this. And like I'm honestly like wasn't really scared by this movie at all, which is weird considering that like I'm usually a big baby and that's why I stay away from horror. But for this, and it may have been because I'd already like read the manga before like seeing this, like I I was like way more fucked up. That's Um, probably why, yeah. And so I'm just like, oh, so it, it seemed more like an artistic interpretation of that. Of hor- so it seems further on the uh, like the art scale than like say like the true horror scale like with the hair like the spiraling hair like it's so stylized and like everything's like shot in like green like you yeah. know um, so I guess that's maybe also why it didn't really trigger like because when I think of like horror and like even body horror and like grotesqueness I think of like you know the, the reds the yellows like tissue muscle blood um, and because of that filter with like the green like you didn't get a lot of that so it didn't yeah. hit as hard for me
0: <laughs> yeah well And this is, I think, why the skin stuff gets to me. So, when I was a kid, apparently all my horror neuroses come from, (laughs) I had a wart on my foot. And so, as part of that process, they like freeze, blast the top of the wart, Uh and then peel the skin off, and there's like little... Tendrils. Tendrils, yeah, beneath that. And that is so...
2: The human body is disgusting, so... Yes, you're right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was so disgusting. I could not... I still can't think back to like looking back at my foot and seeing that. See,
1: I think when I had a wart as a kid, I got one of those band aid things to just go over it, and then it just disappeared slowly, and I never had to.
2: Uh, what Matt's talking yeah, about mine was big enough. Is, a, is a planter's wart, which is on the bottom of the foot, and those, um, because oh. of how. Have a deep root. They have a deep root because of the flattening of being on your foot. Oh. Because so I had one too, and that's the only reason I know like, exactly what Matt's talking about, because I had to go through that too.
1: Oh, I had no idea. That's, that's... Super I mean, gross. Just, just you describing it body. is pretty creepy, to be honest.
2: <laughs> well, it's, like, so. creepy... Because it is! Because, like, it's really, like, disassociated because you're, like, this is happening in my body, and this is so yeah. gross. But, like, you know, having had just a variety of, like, weird-ass infections just that I've gotten... Like, I've had MRSA infections before on my skin.
1: Oh, yeah, I got close to having one of those. It's terrifying.
2: Um, And I... I really, I didn't have health insurance, so I really wanted to, get they wanted to do, what was it, um, a D&E, uh, no, not D&E, um, they wanted to,
1: An amputation, no, not
2: amputation, they wanted to go oh. and surgically drain it, and I'm like, I'm not going to go to hospital, so yeah. I'm like, I'm going to do it myself.
1: Uh-huh. Ah! Yeah. I have a story like this, but man, I probably should not share this stuff on my Um, pod.
2: I'm not going <laughs> to, like, I'm not going to go into it, but I'll just say that, like, Mm-hmm. Matt's
1: Matt's like clutching his pearls right right now for everybody listening. He is like up in arms about any of this. It's okay. I and mean, this oh, is oh. why universal
2: healthcare. <laughs> everyone needs it because then they. They'll... That's
1: absolutely true. Yeah. Because like I've also That's got true. like a giant
2: scar now too. Because like I was like I can't go to a hospital to get this professionally done. Yeah.
0: Same. So this is important notice, and we'll connect it, bring it back to leftist politics. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's
0: That. When, when we are experiencing horrific body-changing mutations to us, we need to be able to go to the hospital free of charge.
1: Yeah, yeah, yes. for sure.
0: Capitalism leads to zombie outbreaks. Socialism prevents them. There
1: you go. Yeah, um, jeez, I'm trying to think of any of the politics of this movie. Um. Nice guys suck. Yamaguchi is a shithead. Oh, yeah, it's fucking, he's awful. Uh, I mean, but the movie understands that, at least. Like, it's. It's definitely not a case where it's glorifying the creepy loser. Like, it's just like, he's a fucking weirdo. I don't know. Like, uh, this is definitely... It's definitely a none of the adults have any fucking clue movie. Um, Like, what happens to the detective? I don't even remember. Or the journalist or whatever. Does he just fuck off to his planet? I thought he shot himself. Oh. I believe so. That's right. I think, like, the creepiest... One of the creepiest things in the movie for me it's not it's not even very junji ito is where they it might be in the comics but i don't think so it's where they get the um the tape from the washing machine yeah i love that kind of like pseudo found footage but not really stuff like like they just have a tape and the dude puts a camcorder puts you just see it from the camcorder perspective puts a camcorder in the fucking washing machine it starts like laughing and like fumbles around and then you hear the noise of him like it's like like it's very like he's also like really
0: satisfied it's a pleasurable experience for Shuichi's father. as he's about to do this like you're gonna hear him satisfied and enjoying yeah, it's so
1: fucking like but that's it's very not i feel like it's not in the style because i feel like junji ito is usually like you build suspense I mean, to be fair, the movie kind of is you you build suspense and then you have some huge visual payoff. It's like fucking terrifying on a splash page or something and then you move on. And this was more like you're not seeing any of this shit. Like we're really skirting around what's happening and just really letting your mind figure out what what could possibly be happening. I mean, they do show the washing machine thing ultimately, but it's like down the line from that scene. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that reminded me a lot more of like... um, I don't remember the director. It's the guy that did Pulse and uh, Cure, one of my favorite J horror movies. It's it's just very like there's stuff going on that you can't really see. It's really fucking unsettling, and or like Suicide Club. I think has stuff like that too. I watch a lot of J horror. If you can't tell, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I would say the adults. It's it's definitely a case where none of the adults know jack shit about it. the teacher. Especially is is like. Classic, like stupid Japanese teacher who doesn't know anything. It's no. a very common archetype. In these things. I don't know. There's probably not a lot of politics to be found in this one. So I, I, I would say I don't, I don't know. Yeah,
0: I think um, I think of like in a sense like power. Like the people that are most vulnerable is like the patriarch of the family. Like he's the one that first kind of goes and gives into the madness of the spirals. Mm-hmm. And then if you think about like the bully at school. Like she's using her social capital to to bully people around, and she's the first one that sort of manipulates people with her own spirals and is taken over by the spirals.
1: She's got some fuck. uh, She's got a fucking look, by the way. Holy shit! The minute she oh the glasses with like the chains. Yeah, that was fucking baller. She's got yeah the chains. She's got like the
2: gestures. Hell yeah! Hand gestures.
0: Uh, I was like, I was like, this is like librarian bullying.
1: Weird things. Librarian like- mean like, "Girls, yes, yeah." I was like, "I know I'm supposed to hate this chick, but she's she's fucking." Radical. I know I couldn't. <laughs> have,
2: like, that's what I was doing. I was like, "Who is this? Is it supposed to be a villain?" Because I love her.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they they have a synchronized exit from from the stalls. Yeah, like, it was
2: really great. I'm like, "What the fuck? Am I about to watch a musical?" Like I thought I was about to watch like Mean Girls. Yeah, they start, but snapping. then I'm like, "Yeah," I was, it was just so <laughs> wild. I'm like, "What the fuck is happening?" I loved it.
1: Yeah, I feel like that might speak to what what Matt you're talking about. It might speak to like um, the cultural and gender norms of Japan, like because in a lot of stuff I watch like this, it's like you know the dad's the patriarch of the family, and and uh, there's all these cliques in high school that like I mean I understand that happens over here, but it's very like specifically you know I don't know how to it's it's. There's a lot of, like, social status and, and class focus stuff like that that, I mean, it, it happens here, but it's not, like, we don't perceive it that way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, every fucking visual novel ever, they're in fucking high school and they have to deal with bullies and weird people and social cliques and stuff. That's, like, yeah, always the focus of that stuff. Um I feel like High School Girl is, like, the archetypal J-horror protagonist.
2: Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah.
1: You mean antagonist?
2: No, protagonist. No, I mean
1: protagonist. I don't... The bully herself is the protagonist. No, I mean Kiri is the protagonist.
0: Oh, so Kiri, sorry. Yeah,
1: but I mean, like, I don't even think the bully is much of an antagonist, honestly. No, no, she's not. Yeah. So it's just kind of like... But, like, in all these, it's, like, it's, like, a classic, like, young high school girl victim who, yeah, that's just always the case. They always have their fucking uniform, and it's just the easy pick. It's, it's like, uh, I don't know. Who's, like, the archetypal protagonist in a slasher film? You know, it's probably a high school girl. Maybe a high school guy, but usually it's girls, because all the guys get killed. Yeah. Like, Nightmare on Elm Street or something. Uh, what else happens in the movie? Uh, Yamaguchi gets fucking killed. Hooray. Yeah. Did not feel very bad when
0: that happened. Yeah, me either.
1: No, it's just horrifying the way it happened.
0: Yeah, so downside, you know, or, you know, Kiri's entire family is destroyed and the town is completely destroyed and corrupted and twisted into spirals. But But Yamaguchi got killed. Hey, that fucking weird ass kid, he got fucking nuked.
1: (laughs) He got spun up in a fucking car tire and his eyeball got yeah. stuck in the windshield and the camera zooms in on it like oh my yeah. god it's an eyeball and i'm like hell yeah i love this <laughs> it was like i i actually like i remembered when i saw it originally being like this, this fucking editing and directing is so cool who did this and like we rewatched it and i'm like who's this guy what, what was his name again i already forgot hey, good chance, it's good. a it's a pseudonym. Of his real name. I don't remember what his real name is. But, like, he doesn't even have a link on Wikipedia. Like, it doesn't even link anywhere. It's just, like, it's this guy. And I'm like, but I want to watch four movies by this guy. Like, it's so interesting and, and crazy the way it's cut. But I get the feeling this wasn't really huge in Japan. And it definitely was not huge over here. Yeah, no, it's the critical reviews for it are rather
0: uh, harsh on it. They seem to, like, find it not quite as compelling That's as something like The Ring or other, see, you know piece of J horror that translated over to see that's crazy because i found
1: this so much more compelling than like the ring or like i it really has stuck with me and and re-watching i was like man this is because i thought i would be sour on it like i thought it'd be like i haven't watched it in like 15 years probably doesn't hold up but i was actually like man this is like better than i remember i feel like it's an underrated horror movie like it's i didn't i didn't account for how unpleasant it is for for different people than me (laughs)
0: Like I, to me, the connection to like the ring is as at least as I interpret the ring, it's a lot about imbuing everyday things with their own horror, yeah, or a potential sense of danger. One of the things I'm really influenced by, um, in thinking about visual things, Scott McCloud's understanding comics, he talks about how humans see pattern everywhere. Like, we look at like you know, the front of a car or a light, uh, um a plug in the wall and and see a human face and to think of how our mind imposes structure and meaning on things then to a a horror movie that influences that and changes how we perceive the world around us that is terrifying to think of like how manipulable we are and to to imbue for me to look at my screen and see the potential feet like threat of it Changing the way we relate to others, like that, is bringing the horror into more of a real life manifestation, as opposed to, you know, something like hereditary, like you mentioned, where the act, the acting upon the family was an elemental force.
1: It's more the horror of, ooh, it's more the horror of everyday. Like there's a fucking scene where you find out he stole the sign from the from the barber shop or the boutique or whatever in salon, and just the sign itself is kind of fucking creepy. This is the fucking weird red and white swirl thing, and he's like, "Ah, ha, ha, I have the sign and going you know, it's like Jesus, kind of weird." <laughs> it's just, it's yeah. just a dumb little sign that would be over the thing. I do wish there
0: was more like cohesion between the spiral things. Yeah, and I think that's just me as a person. Like I, um, like I think you know, you talk about that sort of David Lynch piece of you know, random pieces of horror manifesting themselves in the story. And, like, I want, like, a consistent through line. So, like, like to me, like, the mutations feel like a separate movie, almost, or a different thing than the rest of the spirals. Or, I don't know, just, like, yeah. more psychological horror versus, like, manifestation of that psychological horror in person. Like, those things are, to me, different tracks of horror. And the movie blends a lot of them together
1: yeah david lynch does a lot of that like too. like i mentioned the the doorknob thing but he does like a uh, ceiling lamp and fire walk with me which maybe we'll watch at some point uh he does uh light bulbs like he loves lamps lamps are fucking creepy to david lynch he thinks they're fucking terrifying it's like it's a lamp dude it's like <laughs> it's it's like a weird like I don't know. It's got a shade on it. It's how creepy could it possibly be? Really fucking creepy if you shoot it the right way. It could be the most terrifying thing in the whole world. What else he, he does? He does do outlets. Actually, he brought that up, like uh, outlet on a wall. He's done that in a few, a few different things. It's a really fucking terrifying thing. It's like that could be totally scary. Uh, especially, like I said, like it's just something you <clears throat> you don't think of as scary. Like I, I, I enjoy that. Like very, very um, esoteric things that somebody can present as like absolutely terrifying. I I find that fun. Uh, I mean, you know, I will say like when I saw Jaws as a kid, I was scared of going to the beach for a long time, but like sharks are scary to begin with. You know, that's an easy place to go. If it was like,
0: I'm like the, I'm like the vanilla. No, 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 no. The most scary things. I'm like,
1: Oh, that's scary. I'm scared now. Bye. (laughs) I feel like that's how most people are. Honestly, honestly, usually when I ask people like, do you like horror movies? And they're like, no, it's like, yeah, because they're all scary. And I don't want to watch a thing that's yeah. scary. I'm like, I get that. No, I don't.
0: <laughs> I want to go watch my theme park ride movies and have fun. Oh, no. And with that, we'll uh, call <laughs> it a done episode for this week. So I don't have to think more about uh. squishy, squeaky things. Literally, squicky. Yeah, squicky. Coming up next week, we're going to be talking about... The Jordan Peele film Get Out uh, as the next entree in our Better Dead Fest. Uh, where can we find you on social media?
1: I'm at Refreshing Time. Not talking about how my legs are asleep <laughs> or body horror. It's I'm cool. at
2: Anime Weed Fart 69, just just out there putting trash into the world.
0: Like a raccoon that gives back.
2: Right, exactly. A goth
0: raccoon. <laughs> um, you Pops. can find me on Twitter at AveryBigBear. Follow the cast uh, at Second Star Cast. Uh, email us at secondstarcast at gmail.com. And we'd really love if you would rate and review us on wherever you find podcasts. It really helps us reach a new audience, and we're really excited to have your support. So thank you very much for listening. Have a great week. Yeah,